FIU Athletics Podcast, North Texas recap, UConn preview. The Panthers are two and one. The Panthers have a winning record through three games. The, the Panthers could be three and zero. I'm going to say they could be three and zero. Others might make the case it could be one and two or, or otherwise, but I'm making the case the FIU person here uh, that that it could be a three and zero start. Uh, love where we're going to start this season. Um, AJ Ricketts here, Patrick Murray, FIU Athletics Podcast. Appreciate you tuning in for another episode. Uh, what a game. What a game over North Texas, 46-39. To me, it's one of those games. Look, the, the expectations internally have always been there. They have to be there. But I thought this kind of performance, look, you go from scoring 31 points in two games combined. There's questions about the offense, even with Kiwan's first performance. And then he does it again. He throws for 291 and he put up 46 uh, against North Texas, who blew you out by 38 last season. Just last November really doesn't feel like that long ago. This is one of those games that, to me, it feels like it can really alter perceptions even internally even though the belief was already there kind of kind of says hey well we did this we we've already made this improvement against the team we got our butt kicked by last year uh man a, a really really fun game um patrick what what stands out to you about about last saturday i think the end of the game just being able to finish that game when you compare it to louisiana tech you said at the top fiu could be three and oh they definitely could be if, if a couple things go their way at the end of the game in ruston to, to start the year, right? So you look at that game where there's a, a you know, you can pick up a, a fourth down or a third down and end the game offensively. You can get a stop on defense and end the game and get a win. They couldn't do it against La Tech, but this time against North Texas, they get the job done. The offense has a fourth down that they have to pick up to to uh, extend the drive and, and Kiwan Jenkins makes an unbelievable throw while he's getting smacked and Dean Patterson makes a great catch and then you end up taking the lead and then the defense has to get a stop on, on fourth down when North Texas drives deep into the territory and, and they're able to do it. They're able to get the stop. So when, when FIU needed to make plays at the end of the game, they made the plays to win the game. And, and when was that the last time you felt this good about FIU football <laughs> after three games? After three games, it's been a couple of years. Um, you know, it's, you mentioned Dean Patterson, Right. And I, and I love that he was the guy to make that catch on on fourth down because, look, he and we'll talk with with him soon about this. He He's it went the, the end of the La Tech game, that pass from Grayson going through his hands. You know, Dean's had such a good spring, summer, fall. Uh, he showed what he could do at the end of the middle Tennessee game. He's ready to take his step forward and show that. And it comes time for a big fourth down catch and it goes through his hands. You feel terrible for the guy, uh, but just poetic that number one, Kiwan Jenkins was the first guy out to him after that sequence. The first guy, even though Kiwan didn't play in that game, Kiwan was sprinting on the field, the first to have his back. And then Dean was the guy to make the catch on this critical fourth down in, in this critical fourth quarter. And that was a super high degree of difficulty falling out of bounds. And that kept the drive going, which, Key John Owens uh, eventually punctuated with the touchdown. We'll certainly talk about uh, Key, John, Key John's performance, but man, Dean Patterson, Jalen Bracy, 
and and Chris Mitchell, who's third in the country in receiving yard. I mean, there's a bunch of FIU players who are top 10 in the country in, in their own statistical category. We'll get to that. But Chris Mitchell, uh, another incredible game. Th- these wideouts, there are question marks up, uh, about this position group heading into the season. A lot of talent, not necessarily proven talent at this level over the course of a season. And Tyrese was making the headlines last year. They're, they're starting to show that there's a number of emerging stars in this wideout group for, for FIU. That was a heck of a catch by Dean Patterson. I mean, to track that ball over the shoulder and, and to be falling towards the sideline and, and to be able to hang on to it. And you can tell that, that Jenkins trusts him. I mean, there, there was no uh, hesitation about throwing it deep to him there on fourth down with pressure coming in his face. He's like, I got to get this out. I'm trusting my guy to go and make this catch. And, and he rewarded that trust and, and made the catch. And, and Chris Mitchell has had a, a great year and he's really, I think this offense, what they're doing this year has really worked well for Chris Mitchell and his ability to use his speed and also to read the defense. You know, if he's got to cut a route short or if he thinks he can beat him deep, he's going to go ahead and beat him deep. And, He's done a good job of making those decisions and reading the coverage and being on the same page as Kiwan Jenkins. And I think you've got that chemistry there early on, even though it's a true freshman, a quarterback, you see some of the chemistry between him and the trust between him and his receivers, particularly Mitchell and Patterson. Yeah. Mitchell, Chris is now at 297 total receiving yards. Again, third highest in FBS tops in, in conference USA. Uh, 99 receiving yards per game um man it was it was funny listening to the the press conference um like after it was after the game um you know he's he's handing off to his you know his former high school teammate and key john owens the miami central guys who are really part becoming a huge part of what feels like a renaissance right now within the program <laughs> kiwan goes you know, it's not it's not rocket science. It's rocket football. <laughs> rocket football has become a little bit a brand of Panther football. I mean, how cool is that? You know, Keyshawn hadn't taken hadn't had a carry this year. You go from not having a carry to three touchdowns over, over the course of this game. Um, all of them so in, impactful. One of them a, a really long scamper to the end zone. Another at the turban, just dragging defenders with them. Um, it's just one of those neat dynamics, right? These local guys, South Florida, Miami products, doing it in front of friends and family. This has always kind of been what it's felt like FIU can be when it's at its best, have these local guys thrive. And we're, we're seeing it right here. It has the feeling like it's the start of, of something significant. And it was fun to see those two together. You add Shamari Lawrence into the picture. Antonio Patterson has some touchdown this year. Again, the running backs, and 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 um, are making their presence felt too. Yeah, you know, Shamari Lawrence, another South Florida guy from Pompano Beach. So it's Pompano, good, yeah. cool to see those those local guys, uh, especially Key John and Key Juan, being from the same high school. Really cool to see them being able to do that in, in their city and, and leave their mark on a, on a higher level. And Owens uh, really had some nice runs. I mean, that's a cool story that for him to to step up and practice and, and earn those reps in the game, earn those carries, average over 10 yards per carry. And the thing that stood out for, for me with him was his vision. The Both of those touchdown runs, he didn't exactly go where the play was designed to go, but he went where he saw a hole, right? He he's did a good job of, of taking the ball where it 
supposed to go, drawing the defense in and then seeing where a hole opens up and bouncing that way. The first one, well, I think was inside zone and he bounces it to the outside after setting up the, the safety, got the safety out of position and bounces it outside. And then he did a, a really nice job of just running through a few arm tackles and being strong in his legs. And then the second one, the really long touchdown run or the last one, it was outside zone and he just completely cuts it all the way back on the, the, you know, the opposite side of the offensive line. So he did a great job there of just seeing what was there, seeing what the defense was giving him and taking it. And so the vision was impressive for me and, and the contact balance as well for Owens. And hopefully he's going to get some more opportunities going forward this year. Yeah. You know, what's cool to me is that both Kijan Owens and Chris Mitchell, these are guys who have been in the FIU program for a number of years now, right? And, and their roles probably weren't what they envisioned when they entered. It, it's it's taken some time. It's taken some development, but it's also taken some belief. How easy is it when you're when you're not in the role that you envision? A new coaching staff comes in. Can be real easy to find a different scenario or just hang it up all together. Um, and even at the start uh, of last year, it wasn't necessarily or throughout the, the course, like Chris Mitchell found a bigger role over the course of last year. Kijon Owens found a little success, but it wasn't having the kind of games like he had last weekend for that to now develop to the point where, I mean, <laughs> the plays they've had, um, the, the, the game changing nature of it, um, Chris Mitchell being top five in the country and receiving Kijon Owens with three touchdowns to see how th this is where they're there's the spectrum of their role here is now from where it started. And that is, that is special stuff, uh, for them to stick to the course, believe in coach McIntyre's staff, believe in themselves throughout the course of that process and start putting it together in, in a, in a game changing way. Uh, I think that's really cool to see. Let's flip defensively here too. Um, it's, it's felt, you know, to be cliche, you know, the whole bend, but don't break kind of nature of it has been, it's kind of, kind of been a description for our defense at times, but man, you'll take that. Cause you know, red zone defense, you could be efficient at that. You can go a long way. Uh, right now, 14th best red zone defense in the FBS. Best in Conference USA. Opponents have scored on six of their 10 red zone chances in just four touchdowns out of that. Uh, yeah, total yardage and points given up last week probably wasn't ideal, but you had a pick six from Zeke Masses. You had Donovan Emanuel get flying all over the field. CJ Christian with an interception, nearly two of them as well. They're taking the football away at a high level. I think it's five takeaways now through three games. I, they're they're showing some things. Um, you know, the total points allowed in the first two games was where where they wanted it. I think, uh, and they did enough here against North Texas against an offense that went for fifty two against us last year. That's what you have to do in modern defense, right? When you're these offenses that you have to face now that are going to go up tempo and North Texas were in like 84, 85 plays, something like that. You're going to be on the field a lot. You're going to face a lot of plays. You're, you're going to give up a lot of yardage. You're going to have a tough time getting lined up against up tempo and stuff like that. So you have to say, Hey, so what we give up 400 yards, 500 yards, whatever, let's make an impact on the game and, and give ourselves a chance to win. And FIU's defense did that on Saturday with those those takeaways, scoring the touchdown, getting a stop when you need a stop, right? At the end of the game, can you get the last stop and get the win? And FIU's defense did that. And I thought the pass rush was really good at times as well. Avery Huff had a, a really relentless play yeah. to, to force the fumble. 
And he looks like a guy that can be a weapon in, in pass rush in, in certain situations. And uh, Jordan Garad got a really good push up, up the middle sometimes, causing some pressure. Uh, so they put some pressure on, on North Texas's quarterbacks at times. And that's what you have to do. Make make the quarterback uncomfortable. See if you can force some mistakes here and there and, th and then take advantage of them. And if you give up some points, you give up some points, but affect the game in other ways. And the Panthers did that. We talked about how FIU players, you know, across the board are are, are pretty competitive nationally right now. Obviously, we, we mentioned Chris Mitchell being third uh, in the country, receiving yards per game. And Donovan Manuel is sixth in the country in tackles right now, <laughs> averaging 12 and a half per game. Uh, Shamari Lawrence, ninth among uh, FBS rushers, second in Conference USA with his total yardage. Um so, so you you put those players at the top of their position group statistically. You love to see that. And then let's talk about the freshman quarterback a little bit more, uh, Kiwan Jenkins. When we met with the coaching staff uh, a couple of weeks ago before the main game, they were raving about it. They had a lot of great things to say. They were very complimentary, you know, while also noting the things that, that he can continue to develop and get better at. But, you know, they're – you know, I was almost taken aback a little bit about the the effusive, positive thoughts. Um, I was like, all right, what this is encouraging. Let's. But now we've we've certainly seen exactly what they're talking about. Um, that electric playmaking ability. You know, he'll respond from an interception. He'll respond from getting hit. He's done both of those things. That that game winning touchdown drive was right after the pick, right, which led to the North Texas score. Did you did you particularly did you expect two kind of performances like this right out of the gates uh, from Kiwan Jenkins, 292 yards, 291 yards, leading game-winning touchdown drives, the, the moxie. What, what did you expect? And, and has it, has it resembled what ha happened resembled those thoughts? No, I, I didn't expect him to play that well this, this early. I mean, I, I thought you'd have some freshman mistakes. You'd see some playmaking ability and, there'd be some things to work on and some problems that you have to work through. And, and sure, there's still things that he can, he can improve upon, but I think he's outplayed expectations so far. And a lot of the things that you mentioned, just the poise, I think is the biggest thing, his poise to be able to, to bounce back from throwing that pick and then go and lead a game winning touchdown drive, the poise to stand in the pocket and, and take a shot and still be able to deliver an accurate ball. And, just the confidence that he has in himself and in his teammates to to check a play at the line if if he sees something or to to try to fit a ball in a tight window where sometimes maybe you don't want him to have quite as much of that you want to say hey hold on to the ball there throw it away but also you like the confidence in saying hey I can go make this play or I know that my receiver can go and get this ball and you love to see that uh, early on and I think Kiwan has ex exceeded expectations and, and North Texas's defense was kind of funky, you know, kind of hard to deal with kind of the, uh, the big 12 style, their defensive coordinator, right. Iowa, Iowa State. State, they do that right. big 12 style, three safeties. And then they had like all kinds of different coverages. They got three safeties and you don't know which safety is going to drop, you know, which one's going where, and, and they're giving you every kind of coverage that you can see. And sometimes they got key one and, and he didn't see a safety and he threw a pick a couple of times, but, uh, other times he knew exactly where he needed to go with the ball and was confident in it. So I think it was good to see from a true freshman. Yeah. I thought that was going to be an interesting test, right? Like you felt there were going to be pockets and that, that zone look and, 
in areas or receivers would be open, but could he find him? Would he have the pass protection? Uh, and the answer to both of those was was a resounding yes uh, throughout the course of that game. Uh, by the way, before we talk UConn, I'm obviously I'm getting I'm ready for Vice Night already. Got the pink going here. Uh, how did you watch this one on E Plus? How how did the Biscayne Blues look? To you? I loved everything about it. Uh, I feel like we've probably used all the Biscayne Blue paint there is in Miami to cover both of those end zones in the midfield logo. Uh, need to find a way to get my hands on one of these jerseys. Um, I love the video shoot that accompanies all these uniform reveals. Uh, looks pretty sharp, right? Looks solid. Biscayne Blue is the thing now. Oh, yeah. The, the Biscayne Blue was phenomenal. I loved it. Looked great. The, the field looked great painted in it, and the jerseys looked great. Definitely have to do that again. If you can get it, get another one of those this season, I'm going for it. But if not, definitely have to do it again next year. Yeah, I want to do it every game, but then we got we got Vice. We got to do our Vice stuff, which I also yeah. love to do every game. Um, good by the way, great student movie. turnout uh, last week as well. Got to give a shout out to the students. There's a point in the in the recap video where the players are coming out of the tunnel, and all you can see is a, is a completely full student section. Um, man, love love how that's how that is looking. We're making our way from the Tamiami Hall tailgate to the game we love to see that transition happen uh i'm sure the shirts were certainly motivation but seeing a good football team was it supported them was also um on the minds too so love seeing that and hopefully we can have a really good crowd uh for liberty uh for homecoming which will be our 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 next home game of course next saturday first got to get through yukon right uh it's tough tough start for jim moore's crew Owen two uh no one's taken this one easy though we remember what they did uh they did here last year I, I, it felt like we were close last year but never could just never were in sync completely on offense uh had some red zone opportunities where we gave the ball away or turned the ball over on downs just weren't able to get in the end zone 33 to 12 was the final score um of that game you know looking back at some stats here um I mean, UConn only had 107 passing yards, but they they really controlled the ground game, 295 rushing yards. Um, we outgamed them 409 to 402 in total yardage. Um, but I'm sc- I'm scrolling down to to look at some red zone chances, and there you go, five of five UConn in the red zone, uh, whereas FIU was just one for two. Um, UConn six of 13 on third downs, FIU four of 14, just felt like a game where we weren't able to hold our own in the, in the way we would have liked along the line of scrimmage. Um, they controlled the game from a physical standpoint. Uh, one their quarterback, South Florida guy, Zion Turner, um, was able to have a, a decent debut. Um, but it was, it was really what they did on the ground and then our lack of ability to, to execute in the red zone. It's going to be interesting. Now UConn has a loss to NC state. They got whipped by Georgia state this past weekend. Their transfer quarterback from Maine, actually Joe Fignano injured for the year. You, you hate to see that uh, the Huskies are going to rely on Taquan Roberson. He was the starter last year before getting injured early in the season. And that's when Zion Turner took over. So I mean, they've got some depth at quarterback. It's going to be interesting to see how this changes things within their offense. Um, but what what stood out from the last time we played, um, what stands out from the start of UConn season, um, it, it feels like a game, you know, they're worse than the country in tackling right now. That's certainly something you want to take advantage of. Yeah, that seems like an opportunity. UConn has not tackled well 
at all. Uh, so that could be an opportunity to, to get the running game going. And FIU ran the ball really well against North Texas, ran it pretty well against La Tech, not as well against Maine. So can you get that running game going early, make UConn make some of those tackles in open space and stay balanced? Maybe can, can you take some shots in the passing game as well for some big plays and uh, just be physical and aggressive, especially on defense, just like FIU did against North Texas. Physical and aggressive, try and force some turnovers. Uh, if you got the backup quarterback in who is a starter quality backup, but can you put right. some pressure on him, try to to force him into some mistakes? And it's a UConn team that's going to be hungry. You know, they're coming off of two losses. They feel like they're a better team than that, and they're going to be playing at home. So it's, it's going to be a tough game, but another opportunity to show for FIU to show how it's improved from last year, right? You saw the the change from the North Texas game last year to, to beating the Mean Green this year. Can you do it again against UConn? Yeah, that you know, it's a good point. I, I don't think anyone in this program is is has any intentions of, of thinking this is this is be, going to be an easy sort of win, right? Um, this is a, this is a team that has played with a different verve since Jamora took over. It's a, it was a bowl team last year, um, and as motivated as can be, they don't want to fall to zero and three at home uh, against the team they beat by 21 last year. Um, now it feels like they're going to come out with a strong effort, even with their, their backup quarterback in there. So cer- certainly a game that has to be taken very seriously as every game should. But you know what, one aspect I thought was cool that Mike McIntyre was talking with us about last week. And I, I, I mentioned in our, our pregame chat, I was like, Hey, did, did you reference last year's game against North Texas at all? Is that a storyline? Is that a theme heading into this week? It was like, absolutely. Absolutely. Like, and he, he said, look, it's not, it's, was it about revenge? It's not about revenge in any way. It was, so look, I, I got my butt kicked. You got your butt kicked. You need to start taking this personally. Um, and it wasn't something that they were like talking to the media about all week. Like, Oh yeah. It's, you know, it's on our minds. Uh, the, the, the way we lost last year, like it wasn't, you know, it was just kind of like a quiet internal <laughs> festering, anger that was built up and, and a desire to, to show just hey we we take more pride in ourselves and in, in, in the level of football we can we can we can play at and again not not so much revenge but more so just just pride in, in what FIU can be so you know I wouldn't be surprised if, if the UConn game last year is a source of, of that quiet motivation over the course of the way you think you know let's just keep that storyline in mind too here now UConn's going to be motivated Mike McIntyre's team is going to be pretty fired up to take the field here too after scoring 12 points last year. Um, what, do you, what do you think is important here this weekend um, to try to get a third straight win? I think that's good stuff right there because, uh, you know, a lot of times coaches are going to give you the the line, oh, well, you know, it's a new season. Uh, we don't think about any of that. And so, so I'm glad that Coach Mack said, yeah, that, that motivated us. because A lot of times you look at the best competitors and they hate losing more than they love winning. And that, that just eats at them that they lost, especially when they when it's a game you feel like you should have won or you feel like you were good enough to win. It eats at you that you didn't win. And so that, that's something that FIU can certainly use for motivation. They certainly did last week and it helped and maybe they can do that again this week. And and it's not necessarily about proving anybody wrong or revenge. It's about proving yourself right and playing the way you feel like you can play. So I think that's the motivation for FIU this week and 
showing that what they did last week is not an aberration, that they are a good football team and they can go and, and be on a path to, to possibly make a bowl game if they go and win this week. Yeah, and if you want more context on, on Coach Mack and his vibe and his, his his theme with the group of that storyline heading into the game, just just watch that awesome cinematic recap video that that the, our video production team put out. Look, look at how what he's saying when when he's addressing the team in that locker room right before, and you'll see exactly you'll see exactly what we're talking about. And you know, mano a mano, one v one win your matchups, take some pride in it. And yeah, that was, that was awesome. That was awesome stuff to see. Uh, really looking forward to this one. I think we got to double check, uh, double check the times and everything here for this weekend. CBS sports network, uh, 3:30 PM Eastern kickoff will be in East Hartford, uh, 1140 AM WQBA. Uh, myself and Corey Brooks will be on the call. Amazing. That homecoming is already coming up the, the following Saturday. Um, but a but a really important matchup, and you mentioned bowl game. Not going to talk any more about it, but we are we are on some bowl projection website lists with Florida International is showing up on them. It's nice to see that again. It feels like it's a little too early in the season, but I'll I'll take it. I'll take it. It's not something I'll pose to Coach Mack or any of the players because that's like it's like taboo. You don't talk about the bowl game. Uh, yeah. Until until you get the six wins, and then you still don't talk about it till you know where you're going. So there's there's no use in bringing that up. But we can talk about it. We can talk about it. That's but our job. I'm, I'm talk. still I'm still a little I'm still a little trying to t- put the focus on UConn. Still, I'm still let's let's get some more wins. And yeah, I'll... it's still early. It's still <laughs> early. Let's keep playing. But I believe we can get there. I believe it. Um. All right, Patrick. This has been great. Always a lot of fun. Um, looking forward to this one this week and we'll, uh, you'll be back on the radio call here with us uh, next Saturday but yeah chance to get to 3-1 this is fun we're rolling now four weeks into the season just about so big uh, big one here at UConn appreciate the time man thanks AJ